Hey guys, my name is Wale and I'm the lead of Imprint Church. And I want to thank you so much for tuning into our Sunday service. If this is your first time, then please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Imprint TV, or you can follow us on Imprint Podcasts. God bless, guys.
Here at Imprint, we believe the Christian life is a partnership between God and the Christian family, the church. God is the source of all things, including our money, and we give back to him in the form of tithes and offerings. This enables the church to undertake the work to which God has called us, extending the kingdom and giving to his name. You can give via bank transfer or at weareimprint.org give. Hey family, so as you can see, we are not in our usual Sunday venue. We are live in my kitchen and this is because of all the madness that's happening with coronavirus. It means unfortunately, we're not actually allowed to even live stream from our church venue. But it's cool, we move and we are live here in my kitchen. So thank you, you are welcome here. And um, I basically want to speak to us and conclude our series on holiness. And I want to speak to us on the subject, what we've become. So I grew up in a Pentecostal Christian family and I absolutely I love and adore my parents. And my parents um, were particularly protective over my sisters and I in, three main, um, in two main areas. And the first area was um, friendship. So my parents would always challenge me. They never felt afraid of challenging me in terms of what type of friends I actually had. And they would make their opinions very known to me. And the second area that my parents were particularly protective over was things that I would watch. And I remember even as um, a family, when we're watching a movie or something, my parents, let's say if something um, inappropriate came on one of the screens and or perhaps it was an explicit scene my parents will quickly um, forward the movie or perhaps they'll just change the channel or they'll tell me to close my eyes and I remember literally being a kid and I'll be like okay or and sometimes I'll be peeking and stuff and honestly this was something that I carried in this was something I actually carried all the way into my um, early teen years where I remember there was a particular situation where some of my friends that were watching a music video and an explicit scene came up and I basically said, okay guys, we need to um, quickly forward um, that clip. And they literally looked at me, they're like, well, they like, you're so uncool, like your parents aren't here, you need to relax. And I was like, no, 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 like we're not meant to watch it and let's quickly um, forward the scene and stuff. And this was my default system. And I remember when I was 15 years old, I was naturally a really inquisitive kid. And I think I heard of a particular term um, on TV or in school. And I thought, okay, I don't know what that means, but let me look it up. And honestly, to my surprise, um, it was a sexual term. And I saw my first pornographic visual for the first time. And I remember when I saw that visual, the first thought that came into my mind was that my innocence has been broken. And I had that visual literally playing in my head uh, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
and that same phrase came to my to my mind that my innocence has been stolen my innocence has been has been broken and i thought that this was going to be my reality um from that from that onset that this was my new reality that i would just have these um visuals these um the, these things playing, playing over and over in my mind. That I would be someone who would constantly just struggle um, with lust and struggle with these um, with these visuals, and um, that really changed until Jesus. And this is something that I really want us to um, talk about in terms of who we become. And. During these holiness series, I've had conversations with an array of people in our community and something um, that's been happening recently is that a lot of people have really um, vocalised perhaps their difficulty in processing um, holiness, perhaps due to their past or perhaps due to, to some of their present struggles right now. It's really been um, tough to... to process this term holiness especially in concordance with ourselves and this is why today i really just want us to dive into what the bible says about it what's the implications for us as believers and to see um how yeah what how it relates to us in particular so let's turn to colossians chapter one if you have your bibles and i'll be reading from the passion translation so let's go there colossians chapter one verse 19 it says this, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And I'm going to pause there quickly. I absolutely love this because Paul is essentially saying that the image of God is, is restored back to our hearts through the personhood of Jesus. And as one of my favourite preachers says, Jesus is perfect theology. So essentially, if you truly want to know what God is like, look at the personhood of Jesus. Jesus, who is rich in mercy and in grace, means that God himself is rich in mercy and grace. And let's continue to verse 20. It says, And by the blood of his cross, so Jesus, everything in heaven and in earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent and restored to innocence again. So, I believe that Paul is highlighting three things that's perhaps stolen, stolen away from us due to sin and due to a lifestyle of sin. First of all, our relationship with God is severed and um, our original intent has been taken away and also our innocence has been stolen. But I was so grateful that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, that these things are actually restored back to us. We're reconnected back to God. We receive back our original intent, our original purpose for, for us. And our innocence is also restored back to us. And let's go to verse 21. It says, even though you were once distanced from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He, was, he released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would, so that you would dwell in his presence. So even when we had lust in our minds, anger in our hearts, gossip on our lips, Jesus Christ died for us.
for us so that we can dwell in his presence. And I don't know if, um, I'm sure all of us can actually relate how awkward and how much um, tension there is when you're literally in the presence of someone that you've hurt. I have three sisters and um, I'm the only boy so sometimes I like to be really annoying and sometimes I take it way too far and I've realised I've actually hurt my sisters. And I sometimes, um, after that, I still literally have to sit on the same couch or be in the same room as them. And it's awkward and it's tense. And sometimes I feel like I'm not meant to be in their presence, you know, I'm not worthy to be in their presence. It's actually deeply uncomfortable. But the thing is that because of what Jesus Christ did for us, this is not like, it's not like this with God. We don't need to feel that I, we don't need to feel unafraid or unashamed to come into God's presence. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, it means that all of our sins, every form of accusation, everything that we've done wrong has been cleansed away. So we can come into the presence of God, we can approach him boldly and unafraid. And let's continue. And it says, And now there is nothing between you and the Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If you need to advance in, if you can, if indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. So what is Paul saying? He's saying that this is our new identity. This is our new reality, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. That we are holy, flawless and restored. There's nothing that separates us from God. So holy, we are set apart and we become worthy. Flawless, we are without blemish. And restored, we are returned back to innocence. And this is our truth. This is our reality. And something that I love so much about this particular extract is that Paul says in particular, he says, continue to advance in faith assured of a firm foundation. So Paul is saying that this is our foundation. This is our foundation that we are wholly flawedless and restored due to this sacrifice that Jesus Christ did for us. This is our foundation. And this perhaps contradicts what some of us believe, where we actually have to grow into holiness and grow into becoming flawless and restored. They'll become one day in our spiritual life where we'll become these things. But no, Paul is saying that this is our foundation and we grow upon this belief system that because of Jesus, we are wholly flawless and restored. And God never says that we need to act holy in order to become holy. He doesn't say that. He says, I call you holy so act in holiness and honestly this just flips the switch like we've been seeing on twitter how jesus flips the switch and literally that's what he does like i mentioned a few um weeks ago that compared into the old testament if you touch something impure and unholy you became impure and holy but jesus flipped that around and jesus who was completely pure completely holy and completely healed when he touched impure unholy things those things became pure and holy and it's the same thing with us that when jesus christ enters into our lives we become pure and we become holy this is our reality and you know paul also says to the corinthians 
we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, he basically says to them, because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, honour your bodies and do not act, um, do not defile your bodies, especially sexually. And what I love is that Paul doesn't say, because in order for you to become the temple of the Holy Spirit, um, in order for you to actually become the temple of the Holy Spirit, do not defile your bodies. He says, no, he, he comes from it from the opposite angle. He says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, therefore do not defile your body. It, it's, a completely, it's a completely different standpoint. And this is what is echoed throughout the New Testament. The world says that your act defines your identity, but in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, it says your identity defines your acts. And therefore, because of, because of what Jesus Christ did for us, because of his sacrificial blood, our identity is holy. And that identity defines our actions. And honestly, perhaps for some of us at home or wherever we are, we might be thinking, yeah, well, I, I hear you, I, I get that, but I am still struggling, I am still messing up, I am still sinning every day and stuff. And yes, we, we all are. And but Wale, what's what's the hope for me? I still don't truly believe this. How do I how do I receive this? And I'm just gonna read first uh, John chapter two. This is what it says. It says, My dear children, I am writing this to you that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who's truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not, not just our sins, but the sins of all the world. So therefore, perhaps if you're in a place and you're saying that, Do you know what, I've messed up too much. The Bible says that he continues to forgive us. There's one translation in particular that says, that we have a forgiven redeemer. This is the reality. And I love um, in Psalms, and I said it a few weeks ago, that the Bible says that God is ready to restore the one who's repentant. So I want you to hear that right now, that God is ready to restore you, even if you feel like I, I have really messed up. He is ready to restore you, and that's the truth. So if we know that holiness can't be earned and it can't be worked for, but in a sense, holiness is a gift from God, then what is our posture? And I believe it's this. So let's turn to Colossians chapter three, verse 12. It says this, you are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavour to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith. Forgive one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues, love becomes the mark of true maturity. And I believe that these are the marks of holiness. This is the mark of someone who believes that I am holy because of what Jesus Christ 
has done for me. This is the lifestyle, these are the manifestations of a person that truly believes that. And I just want to re reiterate it. The marks of holiness is this. Mercy in understanding others. Gentleness, humility, someone who's unoffendable and patient towards others. Tolerant and gracious, especially to those who are new to the faith. And they forgive just like how Jesus Christ forgave them. And my prayer, honestly, as a community, is that we believe this truth, that there's nothing separating us from God. There's no sin, there's no past or story that's too great for Jesus Christ to forgive. And that when you actually put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you believe what he's done for you, that honestly, that all those things are wiped away and that he calls you holy, he calls you flawless, and he calls you restored. And because of that, and because we believe that, because that is our foundation, that us as a community would take those acts of holiness where we're merciful to other people, where we're unoffendable, where we, we move in so much tolerance and so much grace and so much forgiveness. And truly, it actually relates um, back to our mantra of imprint, where we basically believe that God first makes his mark on us, and therefore we mark our world. And that's reality. This is what we're seeing throughout the New Testament, that God is making his mark on holiness on people. Therefore, because they believe in what Jesus Christ has done for them, because they believe that they've become holy through the blood of Jesus Christ, then therefore they start manifesting that and they start marking their world and they start living in so much healing and so much freedom and they also walk in, in so much purity as well. And let me just pray for us. Yeah, Father Lord, thank you so much um, for what you did on the cross. And Father Lord, I pray that even for us at home, wherever we are, I pray that that will just become a reality this week. Father Lord, I just pray that any form of condemnation will just go right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So Father Lord, I pray that you will just silence the voice of accusation. And Father Lord, I just bless them right now with clarity to hear your voice of mercy in the name of Jesus. And I ask you right now for, for faith to, write, to, to rise up in our hearts to believe the truth of the gospel. And Father Lord, I pray that you even give us opportunities where we can just move in acts of holiness, where we can be merciful and, and move in grace and forgiveness when it comes to other people. And I pray that even where there are some struggles in those areas, Father Lord, I pray that you'll give us the strength to do it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
Grace and mercy found. 